Boys and girls, this is Smart Mark Sterling. I have three bachelors, two masters, and an MBA, and I'm the smartest professional wrestler in the world today, and I'm also the producer of the major wrestling figure podcast, and very recently, I passed the bar and helped my friend out of a legal jam, and you are listening to the Wrestling Cheers podcast. Taking your way in the world today takes everything you got. Taking a break from all your worries sure would help a lot. Wouldn't you like to get away? Sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name. And they're always glad you came. You want to go where you can see that troubles are And welcome back to Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're from Kansas City. This is Wrestling Cheers. We'd like to talk about things going on in the Northeast Ohio independent wrestling scene. We preview shows, we review shows, and sometimes we even have interviews along the way. This is a special interview episode with the podcast known as the Spanish Announce Table. I am your host, Justin Summers, and Wrestling Cheers is brought to you by the Trending Topics Network and Midwest Territory. Please rate, review, and subscribe to your ever listen to this fine podcast, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, WrestlingCheers.Podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, Facebook.com slash WrestlingCheers, Twitter.com slash WrestlingCheers, and Instagram.com slash WrestlingCheers. Email, if you so choose, desire, WrestlingCheers at gmail.com, and we have the merch store over at WhatAmaneuver.net. And like I said earlier in the show, this is a interview with the Spanish announce table. Now, these guys are... Longtime friends of mine. You can find them wherever you download your podcast and on the Trending Topics Network. So allow me to introduce to you Tim and Tom from the Spanish Announce Table. How's it going tonight, guys? Oh, loving life. Look, we got a big yeah. game coming up Sunday. Uh, or yeah, Sunday. Uh, getting back to action oh. with a couple yeah, weeks it's gonna off. It's going to be a huge first quarter of a game. It's going to be the biggest first quarter of a game I think we've ever seen. We're pumped. So it's going to be more. It's going to be more than. Uh, 28 points oh hey so let's get into it real quick let's just talk about that so uh pouncy throws the ball 50 yards behind ben roethlisberger (laughs) that leads right to a touchdown were you just like this is the greatest game of all time right from there uh as soon as the ball was covered and the touchdown was called i go i just kind of yell what the fuck (laughs) <laughs> because like that that's not our luck like normally we're on the other side mm-hmm. we're the oh, one yeah. doing that at the, at the beginning of a game but no it's the pittsburgh steelers yeah so because what it, what it reminded me of is if you recall the seahawks broncos super bowl yep. from i think it was 2015 that was a bad snap to peyton manning it turns into a touchdown and then the game was just over from then on and i was like that's what this is games this game's gonna be like and i was just pumped oh i loved it so much i hate the steelers by the way not the steelers <laughs> organization i think they're fine it's ben roethlisberger i do not like that guy at all so i was rooting for the browns yeah to uh in all honesty and we have to be up front uh we've we've deemed uh, a term that tom and i share between ourselves that uh, folks often cleveland themselves mm-hmm. so oh, you're fuckers. right that was not your normal luck <laughs> although i tell you what 
Cleveland is starting to turn around their luck. If you go back to when LeBron and the Cavs came back from 3-1 to upset the greatest regular season basketball team of all time in the Golden State Warriors, right? From that moment on, then you have arguably the greatest heavyweight in mixed martial arts, Stipe Miocic, and now you have the Cleveland Browns with Baker Mayfield, Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb, and all those guys. You guys are starting to turn around. And and you've got the Miz. Yeah, and that guy. I mean, yeah. And the Miz. I think you would rank them in that order. <laughs> and yeah, then the Miz. Right in that order. And then the Miz. <laughs> Actually, Stipe came first because that was the whole thing. Stipe won, and then it was shortly thereafter the Cavs won. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's when he uh, upset We're Doom. But, you know, in heavyweights, it's kind of like, okay, cool, you win, but can you do it again? I, I was really meaning, like, then Stipe took off as far as, like, yeah, being that's true. the guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so Cleveland, you guys got some you guys got some things rolling in your favor. Not this weekend, but in the future. I mean, you guys got some good things rolling in your future, so that's good hey, for you. Yeah, you might you guys might make it to a couple AFC championship games in the near future yeah. and lose those as we, well. We I cannot mean, wait. Fun. Yeah, we cannot wait to play you guys next year in the AFC championship game. It's gonna be yeah. so much fun. Maybe we could do this podcast again in a year. <laughs> I mean, as long as there's not another the drive or the fumble in the AFC Championship game, I think we'll be fine. You know, it's kind of crazy how much history, just on a surface level, the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs have. So if you think about one of your most iconic coaches in your franchise histories, Marty Schottenheimer, right? He Mm -hmm. was a part of the drive and all of those things where the Broncos just ripped your guys' heart out. And then he comes to Kansas City and we're the team of the 90s, like the Atlanta Braves in football, where we make the playoffs every single year in the 90s, but Marty Schottenheimer and the Chiefs never get over the hump. The, the best that we had was Joe Montana AFC Championship game, mm. and we always fall short. So it's like Marty Schottenheimer is a link between us. Obviously, right now you have Kareem Hunt, you have John Dorsey. Yep. Uh, you could even go back to college with Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes going to Texas Tech. I mean, there's some ties here for the Cleveland-Kansas City connection here for this game. I'm excited. And I'm assuming Cleveland probably has somebody watching Kareem Hunt in the hotel uh, oh. while he's here. So that will be in your favor. I'm sure things will go well there. Hey, it's it's not our fault that he, he had a fucked up incident where we're the team that decided to pick him up and now... Most people kind of forget about that incident. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that hey, crazy? That happens. And that happens. And I'm glad that people get that opportunity. It was just funny. I did remember seeing him online being like, this is personal. And then somebody immediately was like, like we told you to kick that girl in? Yeah, we didn't say you do anything. Like, oh, yeah. Hey, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, how are you guys feeling yeah. up there in Cleveland? Because we're, we're, you know, the mm-hmm. defending Super Bowl champs. This is our f- first playoff game. We're, you know, expecting... Not necessarily a one-sided ass-whooping, because if you followed our season, a lot of our games are mm. seven points or less. So it's not like we're killing teams, but how are you guys Real feeling? quick fun fact there, though, before you answer that, the Chiefs, in fact, were the only team in NFL history to win. I think it was seven straight games by one score or less. And then there was the playoff run from last year where they oh. got behind every single game, but every still game? managed to win. Like, by double digits every single game. And then one each of those by double digits. Uh, Insane to even say and think of it. When you're watching it live and being a Chiefs fan, it is hard to not feel like, well, this is divine. This is supposed to happen. <laughs> like, even in, in the point where, like, in the Super Bowl, it's six minutes left. I was like, okay, well, they've got time. He's going to do it. Like, he's, he's just done it. He's going to do it. And he just did it. Like, it's just how he does it. But anyway, uh, how are you guys feeling in Cleveland? Is it, is it, do you feel good about your chances? <laughs> Uh, 
I'm more of the uh, humble fan because I'm just like, you know what? Gosh, I'm just happy to be here. I wanted to get, <laughs> I wanted us to end at least eight and eight in the season. I mean, I'm talking about like game one because of we hadn't been over eight and eight since 2007. So I'm just like, mm-hmm. all right, can we, can we just get, get, get me average, get me 500. Mm-hmm. And we, we go above that. We hit double digits. We go to 11 wins and we make the playoffs and we beat the Steelers beating not only beating the Steelers, a divisional rival, a bitter rival, at least to us, and then beating Big Ben in Pittsburgh on top of it is a thing that we've been trying to do for years and have very little luck, and we do it. And not only that, we post the numbers we did in that first quarter in the first half. I'm not expecting a win on Sunday, but... Oh, come on. You got it. Come on. Hey, you got Baker Mayfield, Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, we suck against the run. Now, if you guys try to throw on us, we're you're effed. But if you run on us, you could do that all day. But uh, you guys have a lot of good weapons. Landry, yeah. he can run a great five-yard out. I tell you what, if you need five yards, Landry will give you that. If you need ten yards, Landry will give you five. He's perfect as a wide receiver. for <laughs> I said several times last year uh, watching the Cleveland Browns, I was like, Man, there's obviously like a little bit of a culture help they need there or something to get on a unified stint. I was like, but boy, when they do, they've got a lot of talent. And this is right for a situation where Chiefs are have been playing with fire and not so much to where like to the Chiefs credit, it's only team in NFL history to win seven straight games by a score of seven or less. But they did it. And every time you're like, this is it. He's got to get this like third and 17 here or it's over. He does it right. Being Mahomes all the time. But at one point, I know like it doesn't matter. At some point, it's an oblong shaped egg of a football. It's going to bounce a weird way or Tyreek Hill's going to trip right when he's about to catch and you get intercepted and the game is over and there's no tomorrow because it's the playoffs. So I am not of the type where I'm like, oh, this is in the bag because the Chiefs lost to the damn Raiders. And there is no excuse for that, right? I'm not, I mean, I can't. So I'm, I'm always cautiously optimistic, but uh, as Tom knows, we have a St. Patrick Mahomes candle in this household and we light it every game day. The only time we didn't was that Raiders game. That is true. And we have not made that mistake since. So, And you know what? I was just thinking more so of uh, more connections between Cleveland and Kansas City. One of my favorite Kansas City Chiefs players is actually a former Brown, Mitchell Schwartz, our offensive tackle. Mm. Love that guy. He spent the first four yep. years in Cleveland. Uh, I think he was with uh, Joe Thomas uh, towards the end of his career, probably learned some great things from that Hall of Famer. Uh, so, yeah, another former... I know the connection, too. What's that? Uh, there's I-70, right? So I-70 connects Kansas City uh, into Cleveland. And think about it, Tom. Think how many times you've been traveling east. Uh, oh, it's Columbus, is it? Oh. Yeah, it's Columbus. Yeah, it goes right, uh. 80, well, go, 80 goes through... 80 and 90 kind of go through Cleveland. You, you know you know why I made that mistake? It's because it's the same problem. It's that you're you're driving that stretch, Tom. You know this one if you've ever gone east on, on I-70. Uh, by the time you get there, you're like, Jesus, I made all this way and I'm still in Ohio. Yep. Have, you ever, have you ever driven through Texas? <laughs> oh, man. On 20? Yeah, don't get me started on that either. Oh. Hey, look, western Kansas is terrible as well. <laughs> like, if you ever try to drive from Kansas City to Denver, you might claw your eyes out oh, yeah. by, about, uh, by about, what, Hayes, Kansas? Yeah. Oh, my Dude, God, I, yeah. Yeah. I drove that. That's uh, actually. You guys remember that time I was on the Spanish announce table? 
Oh, I mean, no, the, yeah. aud- the audio was lost. I don't think, but, uh, I don't think you ever were on the Spanish <laughs> announce table, actually. I don't remember worked, that As either. it turned out, yeah. I th- we were just looking through the archives today. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't see. Che- yeah, we were checking out all the, you know, Big E, Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. um, uh-huh. Seth Rollins, at the time mm-hmm. Dean Ambrose, now John Moxley. Uh, didn't see your name, Justin. Kyle O'Reilly. Did- Kyle O'Reilly was mm-hmm. on there. Kurt Stallion. Mm-hmm. Kurt Stallion. No, Justin yeah. Summers. That's so weird. Mick Foley. I don't know if you mentioned the- that one. Yeah. Mick Foley we interviewed him. Yeah. Somehow the audio got corrupted, and I spent I don't know how many hours there at the yeah. studio with you guys. <laughs> I blame Cumulus Media, which it, it's pretty fair to blame Cumulus Media for a lot of things, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, because yeah. here's the thing with Cumulus Media, where we used to record, is they had state-of-the-art equipment in 1994, and now as <laughs> we're going into 2021, they have state-of-the-art equipment for 1994. It's the yeah. same shit. Yeah. It's the worst stuff in the world. It is so crazy that we could record at my house and then at Tim's house at the same time and have a tenth of the issues as we did recording in a nationally funded Cumulus Broadcasting yeah. Studio. And we figure out how to get the same audio quality even at that point. Yeah. It's, yeah with, it's, with, without any extra expenditure on our part. It is insane. So, yeah. I mean, that's the crazy thing with how audio has pr- progressed. Like now, like the fact of like the equipment that I have, I'm like, oh shit, I never thought I'd have this kind of quality at home, but no, I, mm-hmm. I mean, did I spend a little bit of money? Of course I did, but now I have better quality than a Logitech headset that I used to use. Mm-hmm. Right. What, what's yeah. the biggest issues from your standpoint to, to get your show off, off the ground is, is it the audio? Is it, uh, cause one thing that me and Tim found is, you know, we took a detour. We've been doing the Spanish announce table for about seven years, but mm-hmm. with anything over the course of a seven year time span, you're going to be like, you know what, let's take a little left turn and do something different. And we tried, yeah, we started to, swinging in our, in our podcast. Yeah, relations. yeah, exactly. You know I mean? Yeah. <laughs> We're in an open relationship with pro wrestling. Crazy. Yeah. And we did the Tim and Tom show and our hardest thing actually wasn't necessarily the topic or even, uh, you know, the audio quality, it was booking guests. How, so oh, Justin, God, tell yeah. us from your standpoint, what, what's the biggest, uh, you know, pain in the ass for doing a podcast for you? It's, it's finding guests who are going to ask me questions on my own show. Here it is. Look at that. So <laughs> no. happy that you're here. You don't have that problem with us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, that's one thing I like doing podcasts with podcasters because it's, it just comes off a little bit better. It's not a one-sided conversation where someone feels like they have to be asked questions and you'll, you'll get a, a nice conversation going back and forth. But, uh, for me, it's probably, everything was 2020. Like that was, and I'm not saying just 2020, but the year is what like threw a, a kind of a wrench in my plan because what we do, we do here is we, you know, we talk about AIW. That's kind of like our main thing. We talk about Northeast independent wrestling. Mm-hmm. So we do the previews and reviews for every AIW show. So for every show they have, I'm guaranteed two episodes. And I have a revolving round table of people who come on. We, we talk about the shows and we have a lot of fun. And then once I have the calendar, because I do get notified kind of at the beginning of this is what our schedule is going to look like. Mm-hmm. Cool. I put them in my calendar and I go, okay, I need to find an interview this week, this week, go to the next month, this week, this week, this week, next month, this week, this week. Boom. And it just, so that was fine. And then once COVID happened and no wrestling shows, it's like, okay, uh, I got to get creative. I got to come up with other style shows and I have to, I have to go out there and do more interviews, which I don't have a problem with, but it kind of goes back to what you're saying about booking guests. A lot of my guests that I kind of had for a while, I wasn't doing things like through Skype or or online. I'm like, okay, let's, let's meet in person. I have the equipment. Mm -hmm. We can sit down and have a really good interview 
in a conversation with this equipment and it's going to sound great. Now that the, that like that face to face stuff is gone, a lot of people don't like to respond to emails as much because they have, I don't know why, but I feel it's like because they have to do they have to do more. They have to actually maybe get on a computer. They have to find that time instead of like, oh, here's a little bit of time before the show. Let's do it. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, when we uh, we did a special uh, special Spanish announce table episode where I just went to a Journey Pro show and just said, hey, who's available? And it was like Kurt Stallion and Hoodie Howlett and Jeremy Wyatt. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, hey, can I talk to you guys? And they're like, yeah, of course. But. To your point, when you try to write an email and say, hey, would you love to be on the show? Of course. Okay, when? Well, let me get back to you. And then you go like, well, I don't want to be a dick, right? And I don't want to say like, mm-hmm. it's been two days. But then you also want to say like, the show is being recorded tomorrow and you need to say <laughs> something. Yeah, that's oh, that's yeah. a hard balance for sure. The issue we had with the Tim and Tom one specifically with booking a guest as well is so the idea of that show was uh we are living in the great city of kansas city where by by the way i don't know if you know this about kansas city justin uh, uh their football team the chiefs they won the super bowl last year mm-hmm. i did you, did you know that i i did not hear that at all I, no one has ever talked about it it's, it's never come up in conversation like you, I, why have we never talked about it you should go back and watch the game a lot oh, of crazy stuff justin so let me tell but, you so it was uh, I I don't know. final score, oh. 20 for the San Francisco 49ers, 31 for the Kansas City Chiefs. If you have a hard time remembering uh, that score, just think of when Patrick Mahomes' extended contract ends. So just keep that in mind. Oh, there's so there's Chip Jet Wasp, which is our most iconic play where Tyreek Hill, who can run faster than Hussein Bolt, gets a long, uh, or not touchdown, but long first down throw. It is just a magical game. Shakira and J-Lo were the uh, halftime show. It was so amazing because they were on stripper poles, but then had their daughters next to them (laughs) because that's what's 2020. It was just splendid, Justin, I tell you. I mean, it seems like a very long time ago. I think I would have remembered it, but I don't know. That's... Literally well, we, like a lifetime ago. We'll, we'll send you clips after the show. Okay. Send me clips of the, the, the playoff run, too. I want to I wanna experience the uh, the anxiety. Yeah, it was the best. So at any rate, the Tim and Tom, <laughs> the, what I was getting at. Now that I'm back and maybe I'm falling out again, I don't know. It seems like I'm... Yep. Tim, are you there? Well, while Tim is Bruce buffering, I will fill with what he was saying, <laughs> is that... Uh, the hardest thing was booking the guests because the guests had such a flexible schedule and then we would try to say, okay, we'll work with your schedule. We'll say it's a Monday night. We can record then. Well, yeah. at the same time, you know, Tim is a father of two. I was going through moving in with my now wife, but at the time fiance. And it's just like, well, when can I get my schedule available? Tim, get his schedule available. And then also the guests get their schedule available. And then, oh, by the way, make sure just like this, that we're all uh, having some non-technical issues and we record in one take. So yeah, the Tim and Tom had so many just odd issues going on. Uh, I think some of our biggest issues outside of this one that we're having right now, where my Zoom keeps cutting out about a thousand times every time I try to come back in, was specifically with the booking the guests would be, we our show was, hey, we're in Kansas City, we're going to talk to folks around Kansas City, local business owners, sports folks, right, whatever. And we would email, like Tom said, back and forth about 18 times, trying to book somebody. Everything would be great. 
day of or the day before, they'd be like, hey, look, I got to change the plans. I can't do it. And we'd be like, our whole show is based around a guest interview and we're Mm -hmm. doing it tomorrow. Uh, So now we've got to call up our, you know, we've got a couple of friends involved in some things that are noteworthy. But then after like, you know, six months, we were like, well, we're running out of those now. Mm -hmm. And this was such a frequent like thing that it just, it was tough. It was one of those where I was like, man, we can't keep doing this if we don't have somebody like helping us on the back end and we're not making the money off of that to do that. Mm -hmm. So we kind of, you know fell off of that one as well but and and you know we you know we can't turn away from pro wrestling we love that too much right i mean yeah that's uh, pretty much where i'm at of but at least i have the benefit of i don't have to talk about wwe every week Mm. and we don't have to many times we've struggled with that one especially now even with given the you know we boy too much of political talk but like you know given ties to certain folks we've even times thought like these people are not people we would like to help support even Mm -hmm. and and given that the product is kind of there have been a couple times where we've almost pulled that trigger of just saying we will just actively ignore it Um, but then it is the major thing uh in like as far as if a demographic reach if you're trying to reach folks if you're cutting wwe out that is a lot of folks you know i mean a lot of folks in pro wrestling watch only that oh yeah yeah Uh, a crazy thing with like WWE that's, or should say even this podcast of, I know like my reach is going to be so tiny because you got to get people who want to want to watch independent wrestling, want to care about what's going on in my area and care about like a lot of the stuff we do around here. So I'm, I'm yeah. handcuffed, but I, I don't mind it. In many ways, that's a better thing too, though, because I think especially it, when it all depends on everybody's reason for doing a podcast, which mm-hmm. there are a myriad of reasons you can do that for. But like, I remember originally when we we're doing the Spanish announce table and at one point we were getting really decent numbers and we thought, Hey, we ought to be able to get advertising out of this. What we were running into when we would make that attempt is they went, you guys have a wide breadth. It's all over the place though. So like you've got low numbers globally, right? But mm-hmm. you don't have any specific big numbers anywhere that, you know, anybody would want to like ping at. Right. So yeah. it's almost like, yeah, you have a niche, but it's still too broad of a reach mm-hmm. in in a niche, if that made any sense. Right. So yeah. a more hyper local, which is when, kind of one of the ideas we also went with that Tim and Tom angle, too, because we thought, well, that's also more niche and more local. And if we could get at that local fan, you know, we would be able to hit more local things to try to mm-hmm. build a better local following, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes, and, that you know, makes total sense. And then that didn't really do. <laughs> that didn't work out. Yeah, it's uh, the great thing with wrestling because there's so much going on that you can go so many different places too. So much content. It is a constant revolving 52 weeks a year, new stuff from multiple angles, providers, and mm-hmm. whatnot it is i can't imagine trying to find a podcast that's about another subject that would be so easily to just have topics about yeah like i think of like back to like i don't talk about it much here on the podcast but like tim me and you met years ago on a kind of mm-hmm. a defunct podcast mm-hmm. and like think of the wrestling landscape back then like mm-hmm. when i joined that podcast it was 2011 yeah it was like 2010, 2011. I mean, what it was Jack Swagger winning world titles and mm-hmm. and how many Christian brands winning world have titles since then? Like it just ugh. oh, is that that podcast ugh. that was hosted by the guy whose favorite wrestler is that uh, the wrestler sniffs the ropes? <laughs> yeah, Monty Brown. <laughs> uh, that was his favorite wrestler. He thought that guy was the future. That's the 
best. We've had a lot of moments in seven years of doing our podcast. I think that's the funniest moment I've ever experienced. Yeah, I told him, yeah, what his favorite wrestler was. And he was like, you talking about the guy that sniffs the ropes? (laughs) Yeah, that guy. Monty Brown. Oh, my God. Is Is that guy still around? What is he doing? Everybody wants him to come back. To do what? <laughs> don't get me wrong. He, I think there's potential in the guy, but not like I don't think he ever had the potential to be the guy. I thought he was overacting all the time. Yeah. When I say come back, I don't mean WWE. I mean like actually come back to wrestle, like do stuff on the independent scene because mm. he hasn't done anything since uh, he left WWE because I think uh, there was family matters. Mm. Mm. So let me ask you about the Kansas City independent pro wrestlers for yep. for out there in the good city of cleveland do you guys get any of our people up there do you know of a jeremy wyatt do you know of a um uh the regal twins regal trends or, or uh, michael strider any of those guys i mean i know about them from you guys mm-hmm. but outside of that like well who should I we know- be, who should we be paying attention to i guess then hey you, you guys remember like back a long time ago and i was telling you about this guy named johnny gargano and uh, I know Tim used to kind of like make fun of me about it. Actually, uh, there was a fra- uh, clip I can find where he says that I could tell you about the smell of Johnny Gargano's yeah. jockstrap. I, I was saying that people, uh, uh, so we had this competition where we could vote for who had the better call. And uh, he had a little bit of a sneaky method to win his call uh, on me. He cashed in his money in the bank briefcase, if you will. It's actually exactly what he did. And... Um, and I was uh, deriding the listeners, saying like, "Oh, great call! Now you're going to get a bunch of calls about how great Johnny Gargano's nuts smell. So that'll be wonderful." <laughs> Something and, along those lines. And now the whole entire world knows you're and welcome. Now everybody wants to talk about how great Johnny Gargano's nuts smell. I mean, you were ahead of the game. You're not. We've probably talked about it on our show. <laughs> but the one that I know that uh, out of Kansas City that's gotten out out this way is well, I'm just say out this way, but to a company that I'm very familiar with is Jeremy Wyatt when he went to Southern Underground Pro because there was a stretch, uh, I think it was in 2019, Wrestling Cheer sponsored every Southern Underground Pro show for that year. Mm-hmm. And I, when I saw Jeremy Wyatt pop up, I was like, oh, like that's cool. He's getting he's getting at least mm-hmm. out this way. I don't, I don't know if he's going to come so up good. this way or not. He's so good, and he's self-professed even that like he kind of handcuffed himself just because like he, you know, he's got a family, and, and he, I think he just was – always on that precipice of he had a good enough other job that he was like, man, it's really a risk to kind of take that plunge, you know, and just, yeah. I think he's, and, and I think he's happy with his decision by all means from everything I've seen, you know what I mean? And that's great. You know, I, I remember I, I'm one of my other loves in, in media entertainment is, is comedy, stand up mm-hmm. comedy. And I've got to meet a lot of stand up comedies, uh, comedians from working at a comedy club and stuff. And I've just had some talk to me. And then one specifically said like, uh, that you know, there's a whole, there's a thousand working comedians that like you guys don't know because they're not on Netflix and stuff, but like they hop around and they just stay in their local mm-hmm. area and they make the rounds and they've got a house and they got a wife and kids and they love it and and he's like and that's amazing and he was like that's that's perfect for a lot of folks and I think that's great that like wrestling has that ability for some folks as well, um, but man, there are many times I'm like I, Jeremy Wyatt smoke shows a lot of folks I see on oh, the national TV making the so WWE good. tours, you know, so good. I think you guys are part of that, what I kind of consider a, a Missouri scene because you have like St. Louis has its thing and then you guys have his, their thing. And you're like, you guys go, there's a lot of like back and forth talent, mm-hmm. but seeing certain talent come outside of that bubble is kind of rare. I mean, St. Louis seems to have gotten a lot, mm-hmm. but like Kansas City, because it 
I don't know because maybe because where it falls, like a lot of wrestlers out that way. Like I don't know many wrestlers yeah. from Denver. Well, and so Kansas City has this weird geographical thing. It is the center of the country. So for like logistics shipping companies, they love that and stuff. But like you're saying for like trying to make a rounds of like a, a traveling artist. Well, going west, the next biggest thing is Denver. So that's really not happening often. So maybe you're going north to Omaha or something mm-hmm. for a couple shows. You may get to travel down south, do some stuff in Oklahoma or something. But like most of you got to go east. So St. Louis is a little bit more centrally located where you can hop over to Chicago quicker. Or you can mm-hmm. move around. And St. Louis, their scene did have a bit more for a long while, a bit more of the edgy kind of more contemporary um you know, angles with their stuff than, than did here in Kansas City. Kansas City scene died down for a good couple of decades. I mean, it was huge back when we were, you know, before we were in Bourne mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. And it's just kind of been dormant. And the NWL kind of breathed some life back into it. And that crew of folks have kind of stuck around and tried to kind of keep that scene alive. But I, you're right. There isn't a whole lot of, like you're saying, there, there's a whole lot of names that seem to be floating outward recently that come to mind that I'm aware of yet. Yeah, I, I feel like, Jeremy Wyatt is the only one that I've seen, like at least come somewhat out this way. But I think it was he might have been in a car with maybe people from St. Louis. Yeah. Maybe there was a handful of people from Kansas City. Right now, that said, I mean the Regal Twins are resting on NJPW strong. Yeah. Um. And and then Sharkbait it was in Evolve and you know uh, that whole story. So I mean mm-hmm. there there are folks that are receiving success. Dak Draper. Now he was a Denver guy who, but he was an NWL guy. He li- he lives in Kansas right. City. So well, he yeah. lived in Kansas City until he got the Ring of Honor deal. So yeah. Uh-huh. And he's doing the ROH and then um what's her name that um oh the really pretty girl that he's dating yeah the yeah. the host yeah she's awesome I can't remember think yeah. of her name and that's the thing that you know. Uh, that's so hard for, for like to follow independent pro wrestling. It was Justin, as you mentioned, like 2020 just wrecked independent pro wrestling, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. And for me, you know, I, I love pro wrestling. If I were to rank like my favorite things in the world, it would probably be number one and two is pro wrestling. And then we're getting into mixed martial arts, football, yada, yada, yada. Sp- right. Uh, the sport of UFC. Got it. Yeah, exactly. Right. The, right. the great sport <laughs> of mixed martial arts. Um, mm-hmm. but with independent, UFC. With independent pro wrestling, uh, okay, guys. Uh, With uh, independent (laughs) pro wrestling, if it's you know if it's not in my you know line of sight once a month, I kind of go like, oh yeah, that guy, or oh yeah, that girl. Like for example, Shotzi Blackheart was a Journey Pro uh, wrestler down here in Kansas City. I would see her. Now I understand she was also you know making the stops a lot of places. Yeah, Cleveland and you know everywhere else. But for me as a Journey Pro fan, she was a Journey Pro wrestler, right? But then I kind of like when it wrestling went away, I was just like, oh, whatever happened to her? And then you watch NXT one night and then here she is popping up on NXT and you're like, oh, yeah, I saw her. (laughs) And so that's what's that's always the the great thing about independent pro wrestling. But also the hard thing is like if you're not in it 100 percent, at least in my opinion, man, it kind of with just the rapid content, 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 man, you just get churned out. I think that's one of the benefit of this area where, where I'm at. There's just a lot of like, granted, I'm talking about like normal times. There's a lot of mm-hmm. companies that came through, well, not companies, a lot of wrestlers that would come through here and a lot of like bigger names, people on their way up. I only seen Shotzi once here, but when I saw her the first time, I'm like, oh, she's going to be signed one day. Mm-hmm. She has a look like, and like, she's going to just define it and become a way better star. And like, that's, that's what she did. I yeah. think yeah, I did see I did see her another time now that I think about it, but I did have to go to Indianapolis to go see her. Mm. 
Well, in Kansas City also, I mean, so, I mean, we're not a small, what you would call small town, but when you're ranking like municipal areas, I think Tom and I have both spent time in the radio, you know, media market stuff. Like we were ranked in the thirties somewhere, yeah. whereas Cleveland, I, I think I was trying to pull it up here and I think it comes in at, you know, 19 in 2017. So who knows where it's at, you know, in 2020, but yeah. I mean, it's a significant more amount of people too. And, and the more you drift East in this country, the more kind of crowded it starts becoming. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Kansas City is kind of that last thought before it really gets that wide divide until you hit the, the West coast again. And so, yeah, we do get kind of isolated. It feels like in some of those kind of things, right? We don't get all the hottest concerts. Sometimes we don't get, um, you know what I mean? Like you said, a huge, a huge independent scene. It's not a, even a hugest art scene. They've put a lot of money into that kind of thing. Like with, with some of the more refined arts, uh, above, you know, pro wrestling as you were. Um, so there's been kind of a push in that mm-hmm. in the Kansas city scene and stuff like that, but it's still kind of that same feel like there's still, uh, it's like the small town, big city, if you will. Uh, yeah. And so I think that kind of that's where some of that pro wrestling indie scene feels, you know. I mean, I, I somewhat feel like we're a small town, big city, but I mean, maybe that's compared because like we're kind of in between Chicago and New York, which mm-hmm. New York's bigger than Chicago, but you know, Chicago's bigger than us. Mm-hmm. So it's like, right. yeah, we're we're kind of big, but it's also like where we are in the country, like you said, like as soon as you get east, you get like so much so much more population, mm-hmm. and then like out here, there's a a lot of wrestling companies, one really good one that is like the spot to go but like this area when i talk about the midwest as a whole is very rich and that's one thing i i, I genuinely love and i'd be i've been able to see people early on i've talked about this before how the beginning of 2012 i saw heidi loveless and crazy mary dobson that everybody now knows as a ruby riot and sarah logan like and i saw them they were like really early even she was known as Heidi Lovers for a long time, but like at the beginning, uh, for a small period of time, she was just known as Miss Heidi. Mm. And I got to see them like, like, and that was my maybe like fifth or sixth independent show. And here, here it is. Like now, obviously Sarah Logan, not with WWE, but having a baby married great for her. But to witness all that is just nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I like that is cool that independent wrestling or just being a wrestling fan in general. And I think I forget the guy's name, Tom, but the guy who put out that YouTube video a couple years back of the wrestling. Oh, wrestling, wrestling isn't wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That guy. I just yeah, actually watched just, it not too long ago. What the Yeah. Fuck the long term storytelling and just like the 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 character arc of decades that you get to follow is another unique aspect of pro wrestling that isn't around in hardly anything. I mean, some soap operas, maybe. Yeah. Right. Um, but I can't think else of scripted television that you get that outside of like long running movie things like Star Wars and things like that. Marvel right? Cinematic Where Universe. You, was yeah. The first you sort thing of have of. those kind of. Yeah. You get those sort of like universe style like WWE's done a very good job of. And WWE, I always I always try to before we started likening it to like things like. um um, uh, Cirque du Soleil and stuff like that mm. on our show. Um, I tried to sell it to people. I was like, well, yeah, it's like a comic book come to life. Like it is, yeah. you know what I mean? It's, it's supposed to be that good versus evil, or at least, you know, how it was told, you know, in the shows we watch growing up, you know, yeah. it's that good versus evil is these larger than life characters that are sometimes not realistic. You know, it doesn't have to be hyper realistic, that kind of thing. Um, so it, there is a lot of crossover, uh, in that idea too. But outside of that, you know, I mean, you don't get that in a whole lot of television shows. You don't get that in a whole lot of movies where, like you said, we can follow Triple H through a lifetime. Like, we literally can watch a lifetime of a character, The mm-hmm. Undertaker. Yeah. It's 
something that I, I wish more people would get into would be like independent wrestling. Great. I mean, it's, it's like one of the, the things that we do, but now just like we talk about the landscape of professional wrestling going back to like, you know, 2010, 2011 and see like, like I was saying how like much has changed but at that time. It was just WWE TNA. That's like the main thing people talked about. Not as many people that at least not that I knew were talking about new Japan. Right. I didn't know as many people like really in an independent scene. And now we have a whole a plethora of other companies. And it's like, listen, if you don't like WWE, watch new Japan, watch MLW, watch ring of honor, just find something you like. I mean, now obviously too, with AEW, that's a huge one where it's like, yeah, if you don't like this big company you can find on TV, you can change the channel, watch mm-hmm. this big company. Now on watch TV. another one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm even a fan of, of like to get a little more even conceptual and like kind of philosophical about it. Like, I think if, uh, if we all put in a little more, interest into local arts of all kinds like you can go see local plays you can go see local musicians Mm -hmm. you can go see local indie wrestling and i think not only does that a help and support those folks doing this but that also then will provide the realm and the the platform for more folks that might be inclined to get into that sort of thing to be able to do so you know what i mean like you're you're kind of creating the the arena for them to do it if more people are kind of going around more people be like oh the People can do this and people can kind of like I said, that that comedian you may have never heard of because he travels between two and three cities and only does it on weekends. But he makes enough mm-hmm. to support his family. You know, there could be more of that in a lot of entertainment values. There's all, I, there's a local theater here where it's like a dinner theater. It's called the New Theater. It's in Overland Park. And you go and you get like this buffet dinner and you sit down and they do like a musical comedy play uh, while you're eating. And oftentimes you'll get like a famous actor kind of coming through you know, working on their chops or whatever, and they'll be a part of this play for a couple of days and whatnot. And, and like, then a local, a bunch of local folks get to, you know, make some money and you get entertainment. And, uh, you know, you may not be seeing all Oscar worthy performances, but yeah, you know, I mean, there's, there's some, there's a bit of instant gratification that people want. I've, I've heard Mm -hmm. it, you know, AIW's talked about this where people will come to AIW shows and they, if they do like a student show, less people are going to come out to that one because they're like, ah, it's students, who cares, blah, 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 blah. But if, you know, the next show has, like, a bunch of big names, they they want to see, like, those big names now. But at one point, all those names that you saw th- at that big show were at one point a student. So mm-hmm. you could see a yeah. bigger bigger name wrestler. Like, I even I remember that um, a wrestler that I'm not necessarily going to mention his name, but he brought one of his students to an AIW show, and he had kind of a tryout match. I couldn't I couldn't tell you like the guy's names for a while, but then come to find out recently if you guys have heard of the wrestler because he's he's a little bit bigger now in independent scene. But Dan the Dad, I oh, saw yeah. an early match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I he's saw an, fun, isn't he? Oh God, he's great. I love him. <laughs> but I saw an early match of Danny Adams, mm-hmm. like he was very young. And then when someone recently showed me that picture, like within the past you know year year and a half, I was like, oh my God. I didn't even recognize him. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I, w- I got to witness something early with him. And if you're there, you, like you can watch people grow. Um, I remember before Danhausen was, was as big as he was. I didn't catch him early, early, but I was watching him like really craft this character. And, you know, now he's in ring of honor and selling shirts at hot topping. It's like, man, that's a, it's a really fun journey, but you sometimes you can't just wait for when it's going to start to get good. Like be there for the beginning, watch them grow, watch them do crazy shit. Well, and there is a bit of a, even just, it's weird that this sounds like I'm going to say it's rewarding because why is this a reward? But just little things like that little having followed somebody feels, you know, unique and fun, like for whatever connection that is to you personally. Cause like, I remember we've, you know, 
following the local Kansas City scene, we follow a, a couple of wrestlers on like Twitter and Facebook and whatnot. And by nature of that, they're going to share some stuff. And so I think I had seen early footage of Jordan Grace. And I remember thinking, I was like, she's good. I was like, yeah. this person's going to, I was like, I would not be surprised to see this person on like an actual wrestling, like television program at some point in the future here. And then over the years, you know, like, because again, at that point I'm like, all right, we'll follow. And then seeing more and more and I was, and then Nat, then here we are, you know, she was moving on up, you know, impact wrestling and, and, mm -hmm. uh, name is all over pro wrestling. Um, so in that, when you go, you're like, ah, I said she was going to be, you know what I mean? You feel well, almost yeah. like I knew it, right? Yeah, but that goes back to like the band was the coolest when I saw them working on their <laughs> right. three singles. That's true. Right? That's and true. so, yep. I mean, that's great. But one thing that's hard, like to be completely transparent with you about independent pro wrestling is I love to go to an independent pro wrestling show. It's, it's a mm -hmm. way more fun experience especially yeah. at 35 years old than it mm -hmm. is to go to the wwe or when AEW came here in february even in AEW show it's 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 you know the everyone's a little bit more relaxed you can be a little bit more involved well, formal there's yeah right. there's some improv and stuff but with all that being said it's also like okay so what's the story here because you know much like music, I can hear a great guitar solo, but if everything around that song kind of sucks, well, that was a great guitar solo, but I'm not coming back for the second show. And there's mm. sometimes with that pro wrestling where, and Justin, you know, being a longtime listener, thanks for the support, uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, we're into stories. You know, that's yeah. my number, th number one thing with pro wrestling is the stories and with independent pro wrestling. And it's not their fault in the slightest, but they can't tell the stories that the bigger companies can. And that's why I just default to the WWE, yeah. AEW well, kind of stuff. And sometimes that's platform based. Like we said, right, like yeah. you put on a show once a month and they don't yeah. have television. So if you're not going every month, you're not going to know the story, even if they've told a good one. Right. And yeah. And it's not an indictment right. on independent pro wrestling. It's just, yeah. you know, you know, it just makes it so much harder to say, I love independent pro wrestling because it's like, hey, their next show is Friday. I got a friend who's getting married on Friday. Guess I'm going to miss it. I hope they don't do something crazy. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you're just out of the loop. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's a little rough because I remember we had a local uh, Jeremy Wyatt was wrestling Michael Strider, who was kind of the guy on the scene here for a while. And this was, you know, it was a retirement match. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And. I mean, these guys in the Turner Rec Center here in Kansas City, Kansas, uh, went nuts and near killed each other. And I, Tom, I think you did have to miss it, yeah. if I'm if I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken, because of something like that. Yeah. And you're now you knew the story, but like, let's say somebody showed up that day who didn't. Now they did get to see a banger of a match, but they had no idea like what the backstory is behind it. They're gonna take away less from it than those who get it. And and like I like now that we have things like YouTube, right? So that yeah. can be there but like tom said I, I i like the stories and for whatever reason independent pro wrestling it, it is a amateur art for the most part i know some people are getting paid but you know what i mean like it's a compared to the grand stage of wwe's or aws like this is this is local theater right like it's yeah. not always the highest production value and for whatever reason and in most forms of media i've grown into sort of that base level snob at some point right i can't watch a grainy oh yeah thing i can't you know what i mean like the lights can't be dim for whatever i just like i don't like want to sit there and be like 
huh, I can't. I just will find myself checking out no matter how much I want to. I'll be like, oh, I love, I love the Regal Twins. I want to watch this match or whatever. Whomever it is, fill in the blank, you know. Um, but if it's that low of a quality for whatever reason, like it just doesn't hold my attention. I don't know if that's because we've grown up in this tech world where everything is bright and in our faces and whatnot. Maybe it's, you know, but it's it's rough. So I like Tom said, if it's not in, in 2020, not much is if it's not able to go there and I can't yell and make fun of folks because I like to talk a lot and I can't, you know what I mean? Boo and cheer. It's not as, it's not as enjoyable of an experience. I feel like. Well, but what I do enjoy about the, the independent pro wrestling scene is it's, it's all. And Justin, correct me if I'm wrong. Cause again, you're the expert. I am not, but to me, it's, you're going there to see gimmicks, right? Dan, the dad, you know, Dan, the dad, as soon as he walks in, you don't need to know that he has a huge feud with Michael Strider or Gary J or anyone mm-hmm. like that. You, you know, Dan, the dad walks out and you're like, fuck yeah, yeah. this is cool. Okay. Yeah. Let's see what he's doing. Right. Uh, right. when, when even Gary, Joey Ryan, Joey Ryan, but before he got, you know, outed, yeah. uh, like, well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like you knew the gimmick. You came you like, All right, gimmick, or, ball, even, right yeah, or even if you go and you show up, you're seeing, okay, is this gimmick cool? And then that will get me the next time right i want to see gary j we had the commission that was oh, all about like making Abernathy, the rule right yeah. like that yeah and so in a bit pro wrestling even back in the day orange cassidy when he was in evolve mm-hmm. doing his little shots there it was like okay i'm going to see this you know the the thumbs up and the and the king of sloth style i don't need to know what his story is right. where when you get to the big times, that's when the stories need to be uh, like developed and involved. And that's where I think you can criticize more of the storytelling of like, Hey, this yeah. shit is the same thing I saw in 2006 or whatever well, it is. That's more like television and movies versus like an independent wrestling scene is more like your live theater stage show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's a bit more like you're, it's not going to be as polished because we don't have time to say cut switch the scenes behind us that kind of thing right we're in this gym and we've got three cameras guys tough let's get it done right i think with independent wrestling though is kind of almost wrestling in general but it's it's a little bit bigger on the independency and like yeah you do have people you have people that want to come to see gimmicks and you have those wrestlers that fit that but you still have wrestlers who aren't gimmicks and wrestlers who have made a reputation off that like comparing like dan Housen, dan the dad and effie to Filthy Tom Lawler and Dominic Garini. Mm-hmm. Dominic Garini and Filthy Tom aren't don't have gimmicks. It's just more or less they're they're fighters, they're mm-hmm. grapplers, and yeah, you know, guys like even like Zack Saber Jr. Where right, but, I wouldn't I mean, say that's their gimmick, but like that's their style of like they're a wrestler. But you're known for it. That I, I'm just saying a gimmick more so as what what's your signature, right? When Petey Williams created the you know Canadian Destroyer, at least maybe someone else did, but to me he can, uh, created the Canadian Destroyer. Like when you say Petey Williams is going to be in Cleveland or in Kansas City, I'm going there because I want to see a Canadian yeah. Destroyer. You know what I'm saying? Right. And to me, it's more of like it's that the the overall feel of it is more like that improv show right it is yeah. bit, it's a much more interactive experience when you're there live right they are mm-hmm. playing to, they are more of the true original art of pro wrestling right where they're bringing the crowd into it right i've seen mm-hmm. local folks who nobody will ever hear of work a crowd better than 
90% of the WWE roster can work those gigantic arena crowds. You know what I mean? Like I've seen people get a near riot started. I've seen grown old ladies. We have a lady that everybody uh, eventually turned Medea and they would drag her out of the place sometimes because oh. she was about to hop the mm-hmm. hop the guardrail and throw hands. Oh, yeah. And this lady is a sweet old lady. You know what I mean? Um, and it's just, it's great. Yeah. Because of that, like it's that, it is that theater in the round, like, the community's here and we're all getting involved feel when done right. And that to me has always been the best draw of independent wrestling. So for me, it's always been hard. Like I said, when I, when I have to be detached from that, watching it through my phone and then that quality is like, you know, that's why I always just check out. I much prefer in person. I hope we can get through this, uh, shitty coronavirus stuff and kind of get back to a little more lax in person. You know what I mean? When it's safe to do so. Yeah. That's, that's one thing I miss about independent wrestling. It's not even just, just like going there and experience it and feeling it. Cause like I can, like you, I can watch stuff uh, through a phone, but it's, it's definitely not the same feeling. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've gone back and rewatched shows that I was at and like, I got a different feeling from, mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, maybe I'm remembering it different or like if it was as good, but I'm like, well, it's sometimes it's just like, man, I was, I was a fun night. But I tell you what, oddly enough, if we're talking about WWE, I feel the exact opposite, and I've grown to feel this over, I think, the last oh. four or five times I've went. And nothing against you, Tom. It was always with you. It wasn't about that. It was just no, that no, no. that it show is not the same feel. It's not interactive. No matter how much, like, you yeah. know, the crowds will chant and get involved, it's not the same thing. You well, don't it get is- this kind of back and forth with the performers, and you don't even get, like, the same meet and greet opportunities. Yeah. That they don't have the same feel. It's just I would much prefer be comfortable in my home and see all the cuts and the back and forths and the breaks and the pause yeah. and the whatnot. Well, because, but it's the exact opposite with independent wrestling. Yeah, well, because WWE isn't made for a live audience. Like, the mm. the live audience at a WWE show is just as much a part of the show as when a live audience was a part of the, uh, you know, live taping of Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They were just there for a laugh track. It didn't matter, right? right? And, I mean, case in point, every single time you go to a WWE show, one of the wrestlers walks out and then stands in the ring and we cut to a commercial and then they come back and the music, like, that's not made for us. I'm not supposed to believe that these two people that hate each other are standing in a ring in the dark and they're about to fight. No one would ever believe that. But when you go to an independent three minutes, right? But when you go to that independent (laughs) pro wrestling show, Justin, kind of like what your point was, I remember so many moments uh, that community fear that excuse me that community feeling. One of the my favorite pro wrestling moments still to this day is uh, it was Iceman versus um, Pete Madden. No, yeah, I think it no, it was someone else. And Are you talking about the shopping cart? No, 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 I'm talking about a different oh, okay. one. So they okay. said that the match was no holds barred. So the guy behind me goes, "Get a gun." Yeah. <laughs> he just yelled, "Get a gun," which totally makes sense, right? right. But like that's an independent pro wrestling show. Is that you're in it, you're having the memories. You, you can either be with Tim, you know, like he like Tim said, the shopping cart moment is something that lives in our head. You go to WWE though, and it's the return of diesel or whatever you want to, you know, fill in the blank. But that can be seen at home. Like that's not mm-hmm. made for the crowd. That's made for the home viewer. The only time that it's it's made for the more for the live audience if it's somebody big. Like if you were at Raw the night that the Rock came, well, back. yeah, 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 yeah. Like that's one of those moments. Like oh my god, fucking Rock's here! Holy shit! Like yeah. you weren't expecting it. But if 
if but it has to be like a star of magnitude, mm-hmm. like somebody like The Rock. If it's just oh, here's the big show. Oh, oh, cool, big show is here. Right, but I don't I'm even so happy. But I think even you know you had mentioned 2010, and I've talked to Tim about this numerous times. I think that was really the turn of the times for pro wrestling and most of content where they've stopped making memories. They don't care that tonight the rock returns or triple H comes back from surgery and is in Madison square garden. What they care is we gave you 13 hours of content. Was it great? No. Was it bad? No, but it was 13 hours. And you know who loves that USA network Fox, you know, TNT. And we've just moved away from, creating special moments like like i even said mma mixed martial arts ufc they've churn out a card every week in hopes of you get a big knockout but who was the guy that knocked him out who was the guy that got knocked out we don't fucking know just well, move and that's on because a lot of <laughs> yeah. it and that's and that's because a lot of it is coming now on the back end they get their live show they get the live gate from that they get people watching it but now additionally they're putting it on YouTube. They're putting it on the Facebook. They're putting it on, and all of that is monetized, especially for these big companies with these gigantic followings. Mm-hmm. Um, and they need that content constantly turning out for that. And I, you know, Tom and I have been, you know, researching a lot on how do you grow your network, you know, so we can kind of grow our new YouTube venture. By the way, youtube.com slash Spanish Nouns Tube. <laughs> um, find all the links you need at Spanish Table.net. And one of the videos, the guy. <laughs> asked one of these experts he said specifically like okay with the because he was hitting on you the speed of your content's gotta come up and he's like but with speed is it quality or quantity that matters more and he said it's qual he said it's quantity Mm -hmm. real fast and they were like what and he was like why and he's like well quality is subjective and i mean he's right to an extent that quality is subjective right you could love something justin that tom and i hate in fact i think we've encountered many of those things but um that i feel like that's different than just saying we're just put something on camera because some people are gonna like it and some people aren't because that's that's not the same right like you they they does feel like in these big machine media companies and production companies which is what wwe is it is just we need content put it out there they've lost this like idea of we're telling this great story and there's you know, no everybody's going to watch yeah. because of it. There's right? no patience for it. We need to rush it back because of every other thing that's producing 10 of those videos in a day. You that's might it. forget that Bray Wyatt was set on right. fire. So we got to show you next week right. he's coming back. And it's like, yeah. wouldn't that have been that cool? That TikTok screen is still scrolling. So we yeah. need to hit you yeah. a bunch more times, you know? Oh. Yeah. So like, in essence, we may be doing it to ourselves to some extent or, yep. or, you know, the algorithm is doing it to us, if you will. But isn't that you know, the worst? Um, isn't the algorithm yeah. the worst? I, I think that's the worst mm-hmm. thing. That's for me personally. Feels like Skynet. Well, yeah. it's like the two worst things to happen for me was WWE becoming a public, publicly traded company, and then algorithm and social media. I just those two things ruined my life. It just fucking sucks. Just hate it. Well, they probably ruined a lot. Yeah, like that algorithm thing. Yeah. Might ruin a country, Tom. All right. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to even say, like, for me, like, one of the bad things that happened is uh, Raw going to three hours. Oh, yeah. Do you remember when Raw was and two hours? Thing. And, like, you would get the special three-hour Raw. You're like, this feels great. Mm-hmm. But literally when they're like, all right, we're going to go every week three hours. I'm like, yeah, I didn't like Nitro. Part of it was because I felt like it was too long. You're going to run into the same issue. It is. It is too long. Well, 
two hours is even too long from time to time. Like if you get a non-wrestling fan, you know, like when me and my wife were in the dating phase and it was SmackDown, you know, Tuesday night SmackDown. Survive that. Yeah, I was like, watch this program. And, you know, we would get to the top of the hour and she'd be like, okay, it's done. I was like, we've got one more hour. And she's like, are you fucking serious? I was like, yeah, yeah, but it's going to be fun. You know, (laughs) and it's like two hours. Not only just a ton. Not only like this. How did you survive the two hours? Like, how did you survive dating your wife by showing her pro wrestling when she didn't like it and and like well we connected on pro wrestling no no remember we we connected on pro wrestling because she liked undertaker so that's right that's right yeah shout out yeah, Undertaker. Right. still owe you so pal. you had her you know she was already kind of hooked <laughs> yeah and then she almost jumped off the train because smackdown was two hours long for christ's sake well, and just, yes, it, the three hours is way too long. The two hours oftentimes would leave you wanting more. I can't recall a time the three hours has left me wanting more. And yeah. the issue becomes this may not be everybody's fault. Well, and in large part, it is WWE's. We say two hours at times is too long, but that's if we're just counting Raw. They also give us SmackDown. And yeah. They also give us NXT. And then, they, and we're also watching AEW. And, you know, you may be watching something else. And so it's just, there's a lot. And uh, I know we all consume a lot of content, but there's mm-hmm. still a lot of content, especially in long form nowadays. Our TikTok videos are a minute long. Our YouTubes, they say to keep them to three and a half minutes. You know, we cycle through our bites of content differently now. It's three minutes when we're waiting in line at the grocery store versus I'm sitting down to watch a 30-minute sitcom on Wednesday every day at 730. Yeah. It's just not the same anymore. So, in fact, I do not hardly ever consume pro wrestling on the day and time it's airing. And I do a pro wrestling show. <laughs> like, so that's, I mean, it's I've got to watch it later in chunks. I've got to catch 15, 20 minutes now pause it yeah. on my dvr i'm gonna go do something i'm gonna come back now i'm in a unique situation where i've got a little bit of the you know elderly you know older kid family kind of a thing so i'm busier but like that's i'm not alone right there's a lot of people yeah. who are coming and going in this day and age and they just don't have time to consume two to three hours every week multiple times a week if they are they might be watching a much bigger variety and they're on the netflix and they're on the hulu mm-hmm. and it's just hard to get them all you know what i mean like you've got to be uber pro wrestling fan I mean, that's one of the reasons why I got out of doing, you know, WWE theme shows because it it, it started to become a chore, especially with the three hour Raws. I for me, maybe it's because I've been programmed for so many years as a WWE fan of what two hours feels like. It would literally get to a point of a show and I'm like, oh, is it about over? Oh, no, we have another hour to go. And I'm like, oh, because I'm pro I was programmed for so many years. Two hours is is it. Right. Oh, it became such a chore. I mean, I don't know if we've ever shared this story with you. I know Tim and I have talked about it off air, but one of the reasons why Tim and Tom uh, focus on KC became a thing is, you know, we love hashtag tweet the table, which by the way, we're relaunching that to your listeners. If they want to join the conversation, hashtag tweet the table. But sometimes it was getting to be where, Hey, tell me your comments on Seth Rollins new gear. And it's like, I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it's okay. And it's cool, but I'm here to talk about stories. You know, if you talk about, the newest Mandalorian episode and if a character changes color from gray to black like that's okay yeah. but like I don't want to talk about the, yeah I, that doesn't but would that mean the episode was pretty boring yeah that's like, what your that is but that's what I'm saying it's like it doesn't warrant a comment and I was just getting to be like how you said a chore where it was like yeah. man 
you know, the stories are kind of rinse and repeat and the content, content, content. I feel like I'm just saying the same things each and every week. Now yeah, we've decided because as you mentioned, the two hours is the sweet spot. Well, we're enjoying the fresh new, you know, kid on the block, AEW. And because mm-hmm. their stories have not had, uh, you know, a time to say like, well, this is a repeat storyline. That's why we're all AEW because we don't know, right? Is Hangman going to turn heel? Mm-hmm. Is Hangman going to join the Dark Order? Well, we don't yeah. know because we've never seen this before. But in WWE, Randy Orton and Triple H square off. Cool. We're getting Randy Orton versus Triple H. For the 30th time, like, you know, and so, yeah, it it becomes a chore when it's the same company for 30 years and it's 10 hours of content each week. But hey, you're getting Goldberg versus Drew McIntyre for the first time. I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of cool. Are we? Because Drew McIntyre got COVID. Yeah. So who who knows? (laughs) We may not. Somebody brought this up and I don't know if we maybe read it on Tweet the Table or if it was just a tweet I saw that uh, somebody was a bit forewarning of this they said hey wwe you're gonna do legends night in a closed building during COVID times with all the old guys yeah <laughs> and now here we've got drew mcintyre with COVID, and he was just flexing with hulk hogan yeah but that's you know i mean, I mean like, but that's on. greed right like going back to football yeah. uh your cleveland browns beat the pittsburgh steelers but they didn't have their head coach because he has COVID. Like if you take a, like if you objectively take a step back and you just as a human to look at other humans go like, what in the hell are we doing? Why? Like this stuff isn't that important. This is, you know, sports and entertainment is the reward for having a functional society. And in this country, we ain't doing that shit at all. And we've got the Cleveland Browns beating the Pittsburgh Steelers with no head coach while he's sitting in the basement watching the TV, can't communicate. We've got, you know, our strength and conditioning coach having to be barred from the facility so that Patrick Mahomes, our golden arm, doesn't get touched. Like this is all green. You think his. Hey, did your coach, did his Zoom call drop out like mine did earlier in the show? You think that was, you think he was like, fuck, no, <laughs> just like having to pound the keyboard yeah. and like restart. Yeah. And I that mean, suck. Yeah. But this is like what you were saying. The Legends Night was to get the ratings bump because we need the TV dollars because TV is leaning on live entertainment because we can't no. do scripted shit. It's like, hey guys, you know, it's okay to just take a fucking breath. Like I can read a book. You know what I mean? <laughs> books are pretty fucking cool. Yeah. There's a yeah. lot of great books I haven't got to. I don't have to have Raw this week. Like, it's just, yeah. we've just come into this, like, the thing that, maybe I'm getting a little bit too high level here, but the thing that COVID has brought to me is just the level of greed we will go to to keep dollars rolling. The college football season. Tonight, we have a 12-0 and team taking on a 7-0 and team. <laughs> those numbers don't fucking match up man <laughs> like what are we doing but we got to get those kids that aren't getting paid to risk their health to yeah. fucking give me a well, too a many of them had tonight. covid we might have to push it back and then we realize oh not as many of them had covid all right let's roll out and go yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like we cleared the covid out yeah. it was man, it's an acceptable level it's of COVID. Just, yeah it's weird it's just bizarre you know it is just bizarre justin it is just bizarre I mean, I'm not surprised that the NFL did it because it seemed like they would be the organization that goes, no, no, we're going to keep going. The only thing they really cut was everything preseason. Other than that, I mean, I mean, obviously the crowds too, but like, no, we're going to have every single game. They're going to happen. So I saw a report on the 100 most 
watched television broadcasts in 2020. 72 of them in America, right? The almost 100 broadcasted programs in 2020 in America. 72 of them were a football game, and three of those were a college football game. 69 wow. of the 100 most watched cable broadcast, you know, television broadcasts in America was an NFL game in 2020. That's how, yeah, I, yeah. No shit, the NFL didn't keep going, right? Like they've got to go. It's the most. It's the biggest entertainment we have in this country for whatever reason. It is football. We but, love us yeah, some. But I guess that's my point. We don't have American to football. have it. Like we can. There's other things in the world. You know what I mean? Look around the the earth. There's so many amazing things. Just sit outside for 10 minutes. Isn't that great? Like, you can do other things than say, I've got to watch these men first risk CTE health, and then second on top of that, risk the COVID, where we don't exactly know what the complications are. It's just, I don't know. I'm becoming more and more self-aware of, like, maybe I need to take a step back. Like, I enjoy all of these things, but if the owners are just you know, on a train looking at all the brand new cities that they're coming into. Meanwhile, the caboose is on fire. Maybe I don't need to be on this fucking train. <laughs> so what you're telling me is you have no problem with the Kansas City Chiefs forfeiting the game this weekend <laughs> j- just for everybody's health. I get it. Hey, no, what I'm saying is uh, I do not think there should be an asterisk on whoever wins a Super Bowl because I do think that this is going to be the toughest Super Bowl earned in NFL history for you to go through and not like in the Chiefs case, not have any huge ramifications no game that had Patrick Mahomes missing no game that had Chris Jones missing we've had Andy Reid show up every time like if you can go through an entire season and win the Super Bowl with all the challenges that the NFL has and then on top of that the COVID where you have to miss games if you get this disease yeah this is like LeBron said this was uh, his most cherished championship because of living in the bubble for whatever 93 days or whatever it is you know what I'm saying so I I Again, I get it, like why we're doing it. I'm not saying we should do it, but I commend them for going through it because I would not do it. I, like our starting running back from the Super Bowl, he opted out. LTD, uh, he's staying up in Canada treating patients that have COVID-19. He opted out. Like I would have been one of those players. Anyhow, that, that's my <laughs> TED talk. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I probably would have done the same thing. I mean, in many ways, I tried to. I minimized every bit I could do because of my family concerns, right? Like, I mean, I was going to work, and that's about it. Like, um, it just – I'm surprised a lot of folks are doing it. I thought there was going to be – I mean, even at the talks at the start of the NCAA stuff, there was talks that the players were going to find a way to actually unionize at some point, which was bewildering that that was going to happen. And then that kind of fell by the wayside and went quiet, and here we are. Playing college football, that one smacked. I thought for sure college football would shut down, right? I thought college athletics would go away and and we would, you know, the pros would do it because, hey, you know I mean? We'll find enough grown men who will risk for, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> who will risk for the money. But, hey, here we are. We just did all of it. It didn't matter. Whatever sport, we're doing it. We'll find a way to do it. All well, of it. didn't college football talk about kind of shutting down and then, like, mm-hmm. that backfired? Well, and that's what the reason we've got this Ohio State situation, too. They did. They said the Big Ten and I think the Pac-10 said we're not playing, and then the other school, the other conferences were like, well, we are, and they got started and they were like, oh shit, they're gonna make all the money, yeah, and then they were like, we're gonna play too, and they were like, okay, but you only have enough time like for every game right now, and if you miss any tough shit, and they're like, okay, we'll do it, and that's where we got this like six and O team is taking on like 
a 12 and 0 team. And yeah, I mean, that 6 0 team might have likely become a 12 and 0 team based on history and the unequalness of college sports. But yeah. it's weird that again, I just, we're putting these kids who there's a big argument over, you know, can you say you're, you know what I mean? Are we paying them or not? Right. Um, but it's just weird that here's these kids that are receiving minimal compensation compared to the output that the, that the university is making off of them, you know, and, and, but here they're risking the COVID the most. It was just interesting to me. And they're fighting for it tooth and nail. Nebraska goes two and nine this season or whatever it is. And they fought for that. They fought to go two and nine. Yeah, they they were the ones who who <laughs> kind of made the Big Ten turn around because they were they were like, well, we're just gonna leave, we're gonna go play somewhere else, and they were like, yeah. well, that's gonna cost a whole lot of lawsuits between us, and they were like, we don't care, and we're like, all right, so they end up like just like, well, I mean, do we want to get in lawsuits and lose the money anyway, or do we want to yeah. try to, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah, it's crazy. Just, just yes, crazy. also they could go two and nine. Yeah, two and nine, <laughs> all of that nine. to go two and nine. Anyhow, anyhow. well, and we, it's so K State. I'm a huge K State fan. They all rush out there. We've got the senior quarterback who's supposed to be—he's from our, you know, Blue Springs uh, here in Kansas City area—and things like uh, Skyler Thompson was, huh. uh-huh. um, and was big news. And in like his senior year, he was supposed to be good, and he comes out. They beat top ten Oklahoma, and then he gets collarbone injury and he's out the rest of the season. Now they've allowed everybody to come back, regardless of whether they played or not, so he can still do that. But like I was like. So, like, we're all risking this COVID, and now we're doing it. Now he's risking COVID just so this guy can go out and also break his collarbone. And, yeah, like, he'll still have a year of eligibility, but who knows if he's going to be able to play as well mm-hmm. because he broke his bone in a game that we probably shouldn't have been playing anyway. It was just interesting to me. Yeah. The whole way we handled everything was interesting to me, specifically in sports, was was odd to me. How it just rolled. The baseball thing was weird. Well, going back full circle to our discussion, the yeah, the decision to bring Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, uh, you know, who else? Uh, Mickey Jimmy James, Hart, Mark yeah, Henry, yeah, Mark yeah. Henry. It was just because Tatanka in in full headdress. <laughs> oh goodness, isn't he Italian? Mexican, I think. Oh, His last name goodness. is Chavez. Oh, my goodness. Anyhow, what you got for us, Justin? I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. We've, <laughs> we've done that episode before. Yeah. <laughs> I was just going to say that, like, I really hope we get back to normal because, I mean, when everything first started, I didn't think we would be here almost a year later. Yeah. I was, ah, I mean, this is going to be a three-month thing, and now, you know, we're, we're into 2021, like, and it mm. could go away Mm-mm. but I, I have i have a fear that you know there is the potential of it getting actually getting worse this new strain you know, is is yeah, growing yeah hey numbers are going up everywhere yeah my our local schools are talking about like all right we're starting to send some kids back and i'm like why the numbers have done nothing but increase why do mm. you think now we should start to, just because it's been a certain amount of time like are you guys like yeah. but people act as though when i say that that like i'm the weird one for suggesting that and i'm like i don't get it and it feels that way with like you're saying wrestling and sport like a lot of times i'm like okay i get it and the entertainment's there and I'm going to watch it because mm. I'm bored or something, right? We're COVID, but like, I I would be fine if you guys didn't put it on, mm-hmm. right? I would feel like, it would be fine if you guys just took a break. I, I would I would understand. One thing like yeah. I know it sucks about my my job, I was never able to like get away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With being a truck driver, it's like, oh no, you got to go out and work. There's no, there's no mm-hmm. such thing as working from home. So I've had to, oh, right. you know, I've had to risk myself. And I mean, I've had moments where I probably wasn't the best. Like being being safe, but the fact that like I got it, I'm and I don't know how. 
Like, right. I don't know exactly yeah. the right window. And part right. of me thinks that it was one of the times that after a Browns game, uh, me and uh, the fiance's family, we kind of went out to eat at this one bar. And, and I'm like, you know what? That that might have been it. Yeah, like, yeah, you can right. take your mask off to eat eat food, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that you're going to you're not well, going to yeah, catch it. That's only a rule just because, well, shit. We got to keep the restaurants open because yeah. we're not providing people a whole lot of relief on the back end, so they got to work, and so the restaurants open, and then, and then, well, people are going to sit there. Well, they can't fucking eat with their mask on, so they got to take their mask off. And like, okay, but we all shouldn't be sitting in here with our masks, so maybe we don't have the restaurants open. And mm-hmm. it's like a weird duality that everybody just went, well, okay, well, let's err on the less safe side. Uh, yeah. That's what kept bewildering me. I just. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, and I, you know, I we have failed to get it yet. I'm glad, you know what I mean? You're, you're safe and sound. Um, we've had a couple times in the family where we've had to go get someone tested, but luckily no one has. But I have had some friend, you being one of them, and then somebody here locally is a friend that caught it. And, um, but I, we, I, and I don't know if they've shared this with you, but somebody from that podcast that we know that I still talk to to this day, they lost a father in law to COVID. Oh, wow. Um, and so it's not, you know what I mean? Like it, this, it's, it's distant and kind of conceptual and hard to understand for a lot of folks. And, and I think yeah. me included just because I have been personally separated, but like it's real until it's not for a lot of yeah. folks, you know, and then, then it smacks you in the face and then you're like, what did I do? And, and of course we can't be perfect. And especially when we stretch this out over 15, 16, 18 months. Right. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, you can't physically make sure you're six feet away from somebody at all times, especially when we got to go to the grocery store and we got to go to the, yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's rough. And so, but in the end, that stuff is designed for that, right? Like, yes, you do have to go, but we're going to minimize the chance by putting the barrier over your, over your mouth, trying to stay as far away as you can, as many times as you can. And you're eliminating the, that, you know, uh, roulette wheel, you know, you're eliminating as many times as you're pulling that trigger, right? Yeah. All right. Let's, uh, Let's start to wrap this show up and let's mm-hmm. get into the Fave Five questions. Oh, yeah. Ooh, the five the answer is the Chiefs. This is the Fave Five questions. Now, can you dig it? I didn't all know right. Ricky T was here. <laughs> we haven't been asking him questions at all. Uh, let's start with, because this is just a laundry list of questions I can ask. Mm. Wings, boning or out? Oh, I'm a bone out. Bone I don't out. like the bone. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to fight my food to eat it. <laughs> And I don't care and, if you and, call it a chicken nugget. I just want to eat the yeah. food. I'm fine. Yeah. Bring me the fucking chicken nuggets with buffalo sauce on it. What I never get held up in semantics. I mean, we've had a lot of these conversations on on the Spanish announce table. But uh, for me, yeah, it's just that the people and, and what I've always found, 201, is the people who will fight me on that and are like, no, it's bone in, are just doing it out of some like, that's the manly way to do it or that's the way we always do it. And I'm like... Okay, but it's a less efficient way. It's more wasteful. It's more dirty. It's more. The fuck am I going to do any of that for? <laughs> I'm not the dumb one. Yeah. <laughs> like it, Bone I never out. understood that one. Bone out all the way. That's the way I live my life. Bone. Oh, never mind. <laughs> Obviously not. Um, the thing that I look at it as, I mean, granted, I'm a bone in person, but mm. someone said this to me. I mean, it's not the whole nugget thing, but it's like if if it's not dark meat, it's not a wing. So there's that, I, and I do prefer white meat over dark meat. So then there's yeah. that too. I think dark meat what is I, if I never eat a piece of dark meat chicken again, I I'm okay. It. What a racist, Tim. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm racist <laughs> against the chickens. Yeah, I was thinking it. You said it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, maybe I don't necessarily want to go down that rabbit hole. But I'm like, okay, 
Yeah. Uh, but Tom's like, I'll eat no. dark human meat. I just won't. <laughs> <laughs> just not. Duh. <laughs> what am I, a savage? All right. <laughs> uh, question number two. Favorite flavor of Pop-Tarts? I'm more of the, I'm going to say cherry. I like the okay. fruit kind, right? Like versus like your s'mores or your, or your whatever. Because if I'm going chocolate, I want like the chocolate to be the rich part. And in the Pop-Tart, you get more of the pastry, right? And it diminishes the flavor of the stuff. I'm not a big Pop-Tart fan, if I'm going to be honest. So if I'm going Pop-Tart, I'm going cherry because that one I think is always providing me the most prominent flavor over that pastry. I think it's too much pastry in the Pop-Tart. What's that blue one? I haven't had a Pop-Tart since I was in daycare. That's name for your episode there. Too much pastry in the Pop-Tart. You're welcome. What's what's <laughs> the what's the blue one? What flavor is that? You know, it's got to be blue raspberry. Is that what it is, or something like that? Yeah, mm. I haven't had a pop tart since I was in daycare. Uh, really, I don't eat breakfast. I really don't eat breakfast. The last time I really ate a breakfast, ugh, college. I just I, I drink water I mean, and then I go to lunch. I mean, in all honesty, I feel like pop tarts not a breakfast for I mean for certain nutritional reasons, but it's also the fact I feel like it's just more of a snack when it comes down to it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. All the boxes are blue, Tom, of Pop Tarts. <laughs> no, not the box, the actual Pop Tart itself. I know that the box well, is blueberry. Well, there's blueberry. Maybe yeah. it's blueberry. There's a blueberry, then they blueberry. have a wild berry that's got like a blue top. Yeah. I think it's I'm wild. Looking, I'm fact checking for yeah. you. We don't right, fact yeah. check here. Jesus, I'm dropping <laughs> Well, this isn't the Spanish announce table, so we we, we, yeah. we have to fact check here. Oh uh-huh. god. <laughs> there's a Fruit Loops Pop Tart. I bet that might be. Eh, oh, no. that one that one's really good. That is my daughter was a huge fan of they've got a strawberry milkshake pop tart and she would like she would be like if, if one of those like hey you got some birthday money she'd be like can we go to Walmart so we can buy some pop tarts I'm like oh get you the pop tarts not gonna <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. uh question number three mm-hmm. kind of an unusual question but I do love that people have their own their own uh reasoning behind it when you sleep at night do you sleep with your door open or closed closed oh a million percent i live there is a there's someone getting shot once a week in my neighborhood i'm not kidding you like dead serious there's always a shooting where i live and so i want that door to be heard open you're not just gonna walk in (laughs) take me out you're gonna at least have to open a door (laughs) so even at at your bedroom door you're even like even if they get in the house with the bedroom door every door is shut yeah I agree. When I was younger and say like living by myself and stuff, it was always closed, always closed for whatever reason. Even if I'm home alone, it was just closed. It just always felt right. Now as adult, we always leave it open because we have a lot of animals and they're in and out throughout the night getting out to like go. They've got a dog door. They can go out to go to the bathroom or get some, you know, water, food or something. So now we almost just kind of have to leave it open, you know. Um, So we've kind of just adapted that. But we keep the whole house dark as crap. Like at night when we're sleeping, every damn light is out. It's dark in there. So kind of like the door is closed anyway. I look at it for me, for my story. It's when I grew up. My uh, bedroom was right off the living room. So obviously, like, I would go to bed before my dad. So obviously, you got to close the door. When we moved to uh, a house years later, I mean, I was a teenager. It was also in the basement, but off the kind of like a living room area we had down there. So I also slept with the door closed. But I also within that basement, I only had one window. And that one window was like one of those really thick uh, square windows that's like, just right at the bottom of a, of a house right where the basement is. And all I had to do was cover that thing. And the, the entire room was just pitch black and you could just sleep for a long time in there. I loved it. But much like you, 
as soon as we got a, as soon as we got a dog or as soon as we got a cat, cat didn't like to sleep with the door closed because it was just meow. So now we sleep with the door open and I'm somewhat used to it, but I, I swear up and down. I love a nice, you know, pitch black room and going to bed. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. All right. Question number three. Let's go with a non-food one. Um, this is four, right? Yeah, this is. I say three. I meant four. Yeah, okay. I have I have three written down because it just keep track of where I'm at, and yeah, this would be the fourth question. Good, okay. good catch. Good catch. Thank, thank you. Fact checking again, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. Question number four. Favorite game show. Oh, mm. now hold on. Are we? Can I clarify? Can I get a clarifying follow up? Is this like to play or to watch? Like if I had to play a a television game show or just to watch it like for fun? To watch it for fun. Okay. I'm curious to what well, your answer ever made was that Nickelodeon one was the was the uh with the with the mountain that they had to climb. I forget Guts. that temple. The temple of the Legends of the Hidden Temple. So Legends of the Hidden Temple was that and then they had that other one where you're talking about guts, right? Yeah. Um there was that. So both of those come to mind as like the favorite ones I ever like liked watching ever um but it's like more known as contemporary game shows ha hmm that's a tough one family feud was always fun one that i watched it just you know i mean it it's always one that like you can always kind of have on and around and you can kind of look up and feel like you can get into uh the hundred thousand dollar pyramid comes to mind as well Mm -hmm. it's one of those where you can always feel like you can kind of play along Right yeah. as you go along, right. Those those always stick out to me. Yeah, there's one. I don't know how recent it is, but it's called America Says, and so it'd be like uh, America says that these top ten words are associated with social media, and they'd give you the first letter. So you like say uh, like if the first letter's F, you'd be like, oh, that's Facebook, and then the next one would be T, and be like, oh, that's Twitter, and so you'd have to guess all of these things, and you only have one guess, and then it goes to your partner, and it's kind of like the Family Feud as far as that. But then okay. you guys just keep going and then you run out of time and then the next team gets it uh but i also it was short-lived uh but if you remember sports jeopardy hosted by dan patrick on crackle that was my favorite show because i love sports jeopardy sports trivia is my favorite uh so that would be it but to answer your question justin if you're like ooh, which one were you thinking of if i were to play a game name that tune i love name that tune to pass okay. the time, it, uh, I was a city worker, and we would go around all the city parks and clean them up and all of that, but there's a ton of driving in that. So what we would do is just have the radio on scan, and you would name the song. If you got it right, you got a point. And then at the end of the uh, day, whoever had the most points, the other person had to buy that person a Coke or whatever your drink was. And so yeah. mm, name that tune. I was, I'm was i the fucking man at that shit. Oh. I've never heard of anybody doing that. That's a, that's a sounds like a fun game. Oh, as a truck driver, if you have company, yeah, and if it, if you have like a two hour drive or a you know four hour drive, something like that, just put it on scan, and as long as you get a radio signal, play it, keep track, and then at the end of the night, have someone you know if you win, assuming have the person yeah. buy you dinner. There you go, boom. You got to realize to me, a two hour drive ain't shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't know the truck driver <laughs> thing, so whatever your you know average I mean, drive is. I mean, I'm I'm lucky to be home every day, but I've always said hearing people talk about distances, they're like, "Oh my god, that's that's an hour away. I can't go." And I'm like, "Do you want me to drive? Let's go right now. It's it's an hour <laughs> away. That's not bad." Yeah, it, mm. it, it won't. It'll, it'll take us an hour. That it'll be. We'll I be there before we know. work up a thought in that time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, question number five. 
I honestly think I know where you guys stand on this, but it is uh, somewhat of a staple here on the show, and that is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? No, absolutely oh. not. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel it is just because I don't feel it's Christmas themed. You know what I mean? Like okay. I know. I mean, in in essence, it's got some. You know what I mean? Like Christmas yeah, yeah. parts of the setting, but it is not Christmas themed, right? Yeah. Uh, so to me, it's not. Albeit, I I recognize that culturally, a lot of people. Oh, Tim keeps freezing again. I'll follow up on what he was saying here. Uh, <laughs> it's not a Christmas movie, and this is why. Uh, Christmas has no impact on the outcome of the movie. Uh, Christmas just happens to be the holiday that takes place when Die Hard happens. So it could have been it could have been St. Patrick's Day, and then you'd be like, "Is Die Hard a St. Patrick's Day movie?" Like it had the same amount of impact uh, Christmas did as an, any other holiday would. So it was a holiday movie, uh, or not even a holiday movie. It was an action movie that took place around a holiday which in this case just happens to be christmas no it's not a christmas movie all right tim can you stay on long enough to uh finish your your response well maybe if i just stop talking bad about Die Hard, i think maybe they'll come <laughs> after and they'll stop coming after me um it's just that it's it's that i, I recognize some people have culturally appropriated as such but i think tom was getting at that like it's, it's in no way if you're reading the script of that movie and like green lighting it if somebody told you it was a christmas movie you'd be like no it's not and you toss it out like I said, put that movie with any like uh, any other holiday, Valentine's Day. Mm-hmm. It's the same movie. It just the happens. Story to doesn't be, change. Yeah, the story doesn't change right. because of the holiday. So yeah, yeah. What I've always said it as, I don't think it's a Christmas movie. But like with the new appropriation of like, oh well, it happens on Christmas, so it's a Christmas movie. I go okay. Then the way I explain it is, it's not a holiday movie. You can say right. that it's a Christmas movie because it falls on Christmas, much like you know Gremlins two. Uh, uh, Rocky Four. Okay, fine, but let's go with a holiday movie where I always say the Christmas spirit, or like that's kind of the general value or the yeah. one of the biggest parts of the movie, like Jingle All the Way. It, right. It is a movie where a guy is going out for Christmas to get this, you know, right. uh, present for mm-hmm. his son, and it's him mm-hmm. knowing he 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 fucked up and not getting it as soon as he should have and like going at every single length. My granted is like that movie doesn't necessarily have the heart as like, you know, the end of like home alone one and two of where, you know, it's like, you know, it's where it's like, yeah, it's the family. You know, I miss my family. And even though I said, I wish I wasn't around them. I, I really wish they were here. Oh mom, look, you're here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'm definitely going against the Christmas movie uh, on that. Um, yeah, nope. It's, it's not, in like tom said it's not in a setting that it is about the holiday and to me that's what makes that holiday themed movie if part of the whole point of the movie is that thing friday after next they got robbed uh during christmas time and it was around christmas time and there was a big even folk of a guy in a santa suit and stuff like that but you wouldn't call that movie a Christmas movie, you know what right. I mean? And it's the same kind of thing with Die Hard. Like, yes, the setting is in and around Christmas, and there's some talk about their Christmas activities and whatnot, but it's not like that's a Christmas movie in my mind. I would say Friday After Next is a Christmas movie. <laughs> you would say Friday After Next is a Christmas movie? Yeah. I mean, there, I mean, there's a lot of Christmas things in it, and then when you get towards the end, which I'm trying to remember, there's two different endings, and I'm getting them mixed up because there's an alternative ending on the DVD, and I, I thought... Maybe it's the cut one. There, we're gonna do this whole thing where the the fake Santa that robbed of them 
actually was like feeding his family and they were like, oh, like it sucks. But, you know, like you need this more than we do. I think another thing to me is like if if okay, so if I'm going to take the average family and like let's say my kids are are they're now you know anybody's kids are or it's their turn of 13 14 you're like let's all sit down and watch christmas movies it's christmas right we're all gonna sit down it's the first time we've ever done this mm-hmm. let's pick out christmas movies about christmas nobody in that when they're like writing that list is like oh make sure you throw on friday after next <laughs> and make sure you throw in entire like that's not to me like just in reality if we really bear it out and and like polled thousands of people you're probably not gonna find that people are saying you know Die Hard is is an actual Christmas movie. There may be Christmas elements in a movie without it being a Christmas movie, in my mind at least. To me, it's the the Christmas portion of it has to hit you over the head. Like I think two years ago on Facebook, when you used to be able to do polls, I found this bracket of uh, Christmas movies uh, to figure out like what's the ultimate or what's the fan favorite Christmas movie. So I did it like a day by day thing. Like, all right, let's let's all create these polls. You guys vote on it. As many people like just shout like, oh, Die Hard's great. Die Hard lost. I don't even think it made it to the finals. I think it it lost to Rudolph. And the one the movie that ended up winning, which is not a favorite of mine, I don't like it, is Christmas Vacation. Mm, I like that movie. Nah. I, I like I it less every it. time I watch it, but I like it. <laughs> I, I didn't really watch it all the way through till I was older. I think I was in my 20s. So like mm-hmm. I had so many other Christmas movies under my belt where I'm like, this isn't Jingle All the Way, Home Alone 1, 2, The Santa Claus. I'm like... I could see where this is funny, but if I were to watch it in the nineties, I'd have been like, all right, you know, I, I like this movie, but I was, just, I was just way too old. Yeah. 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 Makes sense. All right. Question number six that I tailor around my guest. Uh, and for you guys, I want to know what are some of your favorite moments you've had on the Spanish announce table? <laughs> we should have started with this question. We'll be here all night. <laughs> oh man. All right. That so, time I, I was mean, in the studio, I know. Yeah, I mean, we've had just I think some of the ones that come to mind is um, things that aren't even like on air. It is all right. So we're in Cumulus Media. <laughs> this is where we're doing the show. We're at the local radio station here, a cluster of radio stations, this is where we met. Even started doing the show through working together at that place, and. Uh, we got in wind. WWE's coming to town. They're doing, you know, shows at the Sprint Center. And we know they come through in the mornings and do the radio spots, right? Hey, we've got Sheamus on. And they're yeah. going to talk about their matches tonight and real quick. And, and all these shock jocks and whatever, they all get their spot in. And we knew that. Uh, our, yeah. our marketing guy would give us a heads up. He's like, hey, you guys got a show? Like, these guys are me here. I, I can't set aside time for you guys but if you guys can find a way to you know what i mean finagle whatever you want this is where they're going to be we literally justin stood in the hallway <laughs> you've been in this hallway we stood there waiting and as they're being led through by their pr person they're going spot to spot we were like we just said hey guys what's up hey we're here in the studio we've actually got a pro wrestling show in here uh, it's called the spanish announce table and they're like oh okay we never mentioned hey this is a podcast unaffiliated with the radio stations here yep. and yep. so <laughs> one of those times was dolph ziggler and so we get Dolph Ziggler in there, and Dolph Ziggler can kind of talk like we can. Well, Tim froze again, the, the vaunted freezing. So he kept on going. That's where I'll try to finish off where Tim left off. Look at that. Look at that. We finished each other's sentences. That's how great of a team we are here. <laughs> uh, but he was great. He was going into big details. Uh, our We always do Cinco Preguntas, which is the same five questions to each and every guest. And his storyline for... Uh, 
me uh, where it would be, we're giving him the next storyline. It's going to take him over the top to WrestleMania. What's the story? He said that I was the Iron Sheik's cousin because I have a unibrow. Obviously, I'd be related to the Iron Sheik. He kept on putting me over, and then it led to this giant uh, fun storyline. It was it was a ton of fun. But while Tim, I don't know, now it looks like he may be SOL'd for the rest of the show. What I was going to say for my favorite moments is... Uh, there was one time where I got bit by a spider uh, on the Monday before the show. My torso was double in size, and Tim was just kept on talking about how I think you need to go to the hospital. And I was like, nope, we got to do the podcast. So I did the podcast, couldn't see out of my eyes. Again, my I was sweating the entire time. I had to go to the emergency care, uh, and, and they said legitimately, like, if you would have waited any longer, you could have done this. But I was like, ah, I don't care. And just recording that episode with them, uh, we did an episode. All right. This whole episode has been just littered with technical difficulties. And that's the fun part about technology. I'm not sure what the, the temperature is right now in Kansas City, but I'm pretty sure it's frozen. It is frozen. Um, and uh, yeah, we, we definitely, you know, we we have a curse on the Spanish announce table that technical difficulties find us and, and are, you know, frequently yeah. like something happens. So Not on the show, who knows? It, it just carried over, I guess. And we appear to have just completely lost Tom. I don't know if communication's getting to him late or whatnot, but it is late. So, you know, I mean, I figured maybe I'll just sum up for him to keep you from having to to go too crazy but i was talking specifically about the dolph ziggler story yeah. i know he kind of picked up where i left off but the most interesting part of that is when we get done did i don't know if he hit on this where they had to go they kept you know they've got a lady that was with them all the time that's doing pr or, or she's like the pr person but like she's monitoring them right basically making sure they're not you know going off script too much or making sure they're meeting their next appointment and all that jazz just kind of the whole thing because i could tell because they would they always do a one when they start to answer something that's a little if you have a question you know they will always kind of look over get the feel of that person and at times they would even kind of like nod and give them an approval you know it was interesting to watch and that lady's in there the whole time and at one point she was like hey they've got tv across town we've got to go and he because he he was talking he was going long he was answering all kinds of questions yeah. like tom talked about with the with the uh i every time i tried to chime back in by the way when we were when I was get, getting cut off and losing the Zoom call, I was able to come back in for a brief second and it would cut out again. So I would hear what you guys were saying yeah. and then I would lose you again. And then I would hear what you guys were saying and then I would lose you again. So so to sum that up, though, is he goes walking out and they leave. They leave the building because they got to get across town and to go to Fox 4 or whatever and get on TV and do their thing. And the guy from – I'll never forget. It's 95.7 The Vibe here in town. It's like the local contemporary hits, right, MTV radio, yeah. right? The guy there – had already been talking to us before Dolph Ziggler came around because he said, hey, you guys, you're the wrestling guys. We have the wrestlers coming through. He's like, I kind of know who he is, but can you give me a little more background? Because I've, I've been selling this interview and, uh, and I want to know and, and blah, blah. And we, so we kind of gave him a little, you know, drive-bys of what to ask Dolph Ziggler. Well, Dolph Ziggler left. That guy comes over and he's like, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> we were like, what? And he was like, you guys took forever. You guys took like 30 minutes in there. And like. I can't have the interview now. I've been talking about it all day on air. And he's like, you guys did for your podcast. <laughs> we were like, sorry, man. I, he just, you know, he went to talking. We were going to tell him to turn him away. And he's like, God damn it, man. And like, he was pissed. And like, our, our marketing guy to come back, he was like, hey, man, maybe we shouldn't have taken that long. And I was like, yeah, sorry. Whoops. Oops. <laughs> like, it went a little long. So that was always a fun memory. Tom's spider bite where he almost died was a fun memory because we talked about that. Um, I think Tom uh, moved 
at one point during the show we tried to do that and then he uh, damn near got killed while he was living in houston and he was like you know what never mind come back kansas city <laughs> and like I remember that uh there's just so many we've done so many things i mean all the on-site nwl shows we did and some of the fun interactive things we did we did shows at up down which is a local arcade bar yeah. um in the area here a lot of those come to mind um i think the tweet the table so many of those where we would just belly laugh i can't even like to me that just that whole concept of the show is a big memory because so many of them flooded into just it, it it was a fun portion of the show because i mean we fancy ourselves funny folks and and with and with deep thoughts on pro wrestling but none of us think of everything yeah. right and none of us have every little play on words and so it just gave so much more of a constant hitting of entertainment yeah. right um i think would be some of the most things i remember most and getting kicked out of cumulus uh, I was I mean, like, we got told we couldn't do the show in there anymore because so we were all hanging out with the Regal twins and Shark Bane, Anthony Gutierrez, uh, with local wrestlers and an MMA fighter and, and wrestler. And we're in there and we're drinking, we're having some drinks, which is not uncommon. We did that a lot in radio period, especially the Spanish announce table. Just so happened, there was a brand new boss of the, of like the whole cluster, the whole operations manager. Had only been there about a month, and he came walking through. And it's like ten thirty p.m. at night when he's never supposed to be there. And he saw us, he knew who we were, but he was like, "What's going on here, guys?" And he recognized the Regal twins because I guess he worked out at the same gym with them. And so he just wanted to see what was going on. He saw we were drinking beers and everything, and it wasn't but like a week later we got this company-wide email where personal projects were no longer allowed in the studios. And that was the whole reason I was keeping that shitty, you know, low-paying radio job, you know, was that studio access. And so that became a fun moment in our history because now we had to figure it out. Now we had to go rogue, and we didn't know what we were doing, and we didn't have equipment like that, Mm -hmm. you know. Or even how to really get it all set up. So that was always, it sticks out in my mind as one of the fun memories because we put out some crap during that time, but we rolled with it. And we tried to have fun. Like we said, we were the evil, the corporation was against us. You know, we branded them the corporation and that they were after us and that we were hiding out in Papa Shango's basement yeah. and doing a podcast and stuff like that. So um, just the fun zaniness that we got into, I think, is always what sticks out is that it's been a traveling circus over the last seven years. One of my favorite tweet the tables will forever be Slam City spoiler, CM Punk quits his job. Was that you who did that? God, that was so good. Uh, And that was like my first or second Slam City spoiler just joke. And like, obviously that was around the time everything happened with CM Punk. I'm like, oh, he quit his job. And I'll never forget like the eruption of laughter after that tweet was written. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and there's so many that I know have happened, and for whatever reason, none of them are coming to mind, because I guess maybe I just didn't expect to think about it, but like, it, it was just that. And, and we're trying to you know, kind of make that another focal point yeah. of the show again, especially with the YouTube. It's, it's great content for sh- short clips of mm-hmm. stuff you know, um, that are very entertaining, and, and it's very concise where it hits a, a topic. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the Spanish Snatch Table is great. And mostly that, it's, it's that connection... Uh, with folks that all of the podcasting in general, kind of what you're doing here, you know, you get to meet folks, you talk to folks, uh, and hear things and see things that you never would have otherwise just sitting there watching TV or something. All right. It's, it's been a long night. Any, uh, final thoughts or last minute plugs before we go? Uh, well, all the plugs are, we generally, you know, you can find everything you need from us at Spanish table.net. Um, we are also on link tree under just Spanish announce table with all the links there as well. Um, 
our biggest pushes that we're trying to do is get folks on the YouTube. You know, we've been doing the podcast for seven years, but we recently kicked up starting to do YouTube content because, uh, let's face it, we we were hoping to monetize some of what we do at some point, and uh, it's much easier to do that these days, I think, in video world than yeah. it is uh, the audio world, right? So we've been doing that. So check out our YouTube page. It's Spanish Announced Tube. If you just do the you know YouTube.com slash whatever, um, but you can find the link on SpanishAnnounceTable.net and um, other than that, other than the plugs, uh, the only thing I've got is go Chiefs. No, yeah, I, I would say go Browns. I mean, I'm going to root for them. I, I just, I just want it to be competitive. If, I'm not going to root for a color. I'm going to root for a team. <laughs> well, our our team was named after Paul Brown. Yes. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that about our Chiefs too. That we had this mayor uh, who called himself, you know, uh, the chief, and he wore this headdress, but. Uh, Everybody likes to point that out. We're like, yeah, but like he wasn't actually in it, so that was kind of racist. Yeah, <laughs> like, like so maybe we still shouldn't. I'm not sure. That's one of those things where all these names, like you know, the Indians, you guys are oh, experiencing yeah. that and stuff. Like I, I don't care. I, I will not care the moment if they ever. It's coming for the Chiefs at some point. It has to look. They use an arrowhead on their on their thing. There is a, a portion of uh, that I've heard a, a, a sizable portion of folks from native American things that say some of that to them is not offensive when it's not used in those yeah. overtly like cartoonish, non-offensive ways, Chief, which is one of the reasons I don't think the chiefs have had a huge issue, yeah. right? They still do the Tomahawk chop, but they don't necessarily always lead it on. You know what I mean? The chiefs are never out there. Like let's all start the Tomahawk chop. They still do the drumming before the sh- you know, yeah. the, the stuff. And that's kind of, Reminiscent, but they took out, I think, the horse coming out and, you know, guy on a horse staking yeah. the ground and that kind of stuff, you know, whatever. So I think they've tried to get away from that. But, and they've also, I think, uniquely, if you ask me, and I, I've been saying this and I haven't heard this from anybody, but there's a term that they use around here. They call it the Chief's Kingdom. Everything yeah. is the Chief's Kingdom. It's the Chief's Kingdom. It's the Chief's Kingdom. I think they're doing that for an easy sway over to if they have to rebrand, I think they would become the Kansas City Kings. Or something along those lines for it being the kingdom. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, I think that's kind of why they've done that. Right. It would fit with the royals. They've had the monarchs. They did have the Kansas City Kings before, you know, as a basketball team. Um, so I I feel like that's where they're going. Or something along those lines. Something kind of regal, royal, leadership based, which still fits the chief of a, of a tribe yeah. motif. Right. And I, I mean, I don't know. If somebody's got that kind of foresight mm-hmm. there, but you would think, I mean, the Hunt family is known for being pretty smart, um, you know? Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to be surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised whatsoever. But um, yeah, they said the same thing about the Chiefs is that, well, it wasn't really about that. It was a bit we, that Lamar Hunt named it after the mayor at the time of Kansas City, who was instrumental in bringing the Chiefs here out of the Dallas when they were Dallas Texans and that Lamar Hunt loved that guy so much that he wanted to honor him. And this guy would show up at these meetings with his headdress on and people called him chief. And I don't know, I'm not going to fact check this one because it would be deep, but from what I understand, he wasn't really all that native American and and it was like kind of not the most unracist thing for him to be doing that in the first place. So maybe it still wasn't the best idea to be calling him the chiefs, but it's interesting. Yeah. The Browns though. Yes. I know it's not after the color is, is after (laughs) the gentleman there. Yeah. (laughs) But you know, it's fun. You know, we get to say that all game long. I I would think until you beat us. And then (laughs) I would think that the chiefs might be doing it as a backup plan just in case Mm -hmm. they are pushed to do it. They're like, Oh, boom, we we, we have this here. If they get pushed, they go, Oh, look, Kansas City, Kings, right? They don't have to go. We're the Kansas City football team. Yeah, because uh, I know where we are with the Indians. Which, I, which me being not a huge, huge baseball fan, but 
at the end of the day, I've wanted them to change that name or at least change a lot of the stuff about them for a long time. And it has nothing to do with like yeah. that aspect of it. It's like, you know what? We're a quote curse team. Maybe if we change yeah. some shit, change we can get name. out from under the curse. My high school is the Indians. And I mean, the logo always is and always was. It looks like the big chief, you know, uh, Indian head, like on the big chief yeah, tablets. Yeah. It looked like that. And there has always been, since I was in high school, there's been talk about whether or not they should change it comes up frequently, you know. And to this day, I mean, I, I on Facebook, but I haven't been back to that town in probably a decade, but. I see, you know, the people on Facebook and they still are adamantly like mad, angry at the suggestion that maybe we change the name of the team and they act as if their history will be completely erased with the name of that team. You know what I mean? Like that their personal attachment and history of life will somehow be erased if we change the name from Indians to something else. It boggles me a little bit, um, you know. I it, none of that bothers me. I, I kind of wish they didn't make such a big problem out of it. Uh, when things change, people rebrand things all the time for other reasons. Like, why would we get upset about this one? The problem I know with our area, though, is if they change like the name of a stadium or arena, everybody's like, for example, it's Progressive Field where the Indians play. Well, it's still Jacobs Field to me, and I'm like, just call it Progressive Field. Who who cares? Yeah, who cares? Yeah, I've never been hung up on semantics and names and things like that. It's it's kind of one of those. Like with the gender stuff that comes around, people are like, right, they get mad about having to call people whatever. And I'm like, look, I'm fine. I'm just, I'm just trying to find a way to avoid having to know all of them. So I just refer to like the generic they generally as much as I can, and they them. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, because I'm like, that's fine. I don't care. Like, because I don't care, I don't want to waste time worrying. So what's the easiest way I can not, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, be a problem, and we're all cool, right? Like, call yourself whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like I really don't care. That's fine. Like call yourself whatever you want. If you, if I'm if it's made easily aware that I should know what to call you, then I will call you that. Yeah. If not, I'm gonna try to find the most generic. Like I'm, I refer to people as folks yeah. uh, in, in a plural form as much as I can. You know what I mean? And just say if I don't absolutely know what something wants to be called, I'll try to refer to them as them. Yeah. In a generic form. You know what I mean? Like I that's I just you know, same thing with the names. If we if it's the Kansas City Chiefs and tomorrow they go, ah, oh, we gotta rename it the Kansas City Kangaroos, I'm like, well that name might be kind of stupid, but like it's still the the folks that I've been watching and yeah. the you know what I mean, the organization that I've grown around. So it's to me it's whatever, right? Arose by any other name as they say. Yeah. 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 So anyway, not to man, we went off on a lot of wild tangents on this uh wrestling cheers, as it were. Oh yeah. And to and the show, of course, you can find myself at jsummers330 on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, much like you can find this show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Facebook.com slash wrestling cheers, Twitter.com slash wrestling cheers, and Instagram.com slash wrestling cheers. Email, if you so choose, desire wrestling cheers at gmail.com. And we have the merch store over at whatamaneuver.net. Like I said earlier in the show, please rate, review, and subscribe to Evelyn's in this fine podcast whether it be Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Podbean, wrestlingcheers.podbean.com. And if you need direct links for any of those, there is a link tree in the podcast notes. Also, check out our friends on the Training Topics Network, such as All Beer Inside, Your Vision Showcase, Spanish Announce Table, and Wrestling Without the Dude. Check out our other podcast friends, such as Let the Hate Flow Through You, Pod Van Dam, Super Fantastic Podcast, It's Evolution Baby, Virtual Pros, The IndieCast, Sobros Network, Biff Radio, Off the Hop Rope, Game Marks Podcast, We Like Sports Podcast, Powerbomb Jitsu, Spotlight Series, Fully Posable, Doing the Favor, Positively Pro Wrestling, IWTV Guide, At Odds with Wrestling, 
Best in the World podcast, Markout Media podcast, Marks with Mikes, Dark Match podcast, and Porch Talk. Check out our other non-podcast friends such as Thrift Store Jobber, The Savage Dash, The Mystery Men, Mouse's Wrestling Adventures, Happy Hour with Steve Guy, Co-host Wrestling Show, Good Company, Toy Hio Toy Show, Time Capsule Toys, Stay Tough, Smoking Jay's Barbecue, Wrestle Void, Midwest Territory, Southern Underground Pro, and the official graphic designer of Wrestling Cheers, Moy Boy Designs. That will do it for us here on Wrestling Cheers, where everybody knows your name, especially when you're a Browns fan. Go Browns. It's the Wrestling Cheers. Get up on your feet. Brighten in your day in the middle of the week. And you gotta love the show. Yeah, you know it holds a title for the best podcast. Talking wrestling in Ohio. Finishing a cold one. Take a load off. We ain't all about the prohibition like Josh. So we cheers. And then we sit back. Other shows are in the trash. Kinda like they Nick Stapp. Like the name is Matt Justice. Wearing all the gold. Wrestling Cheers is coming to a close. The number one podcast going in the game. And one day everybody's gonna know the name. It's the Wrestling Cheers. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Ohio. Good night. The world. Good night. We love you. We'll see you next week.